Beyond Zero is Toyota's vision of a carbon-neutral future and more. Toyota gives you the power to reduce carbon emissions and help move toward its vision with a wide selection of electrified vehicles. Whether you're into hybrid EVs for that traditional Toyota feel with better MPG, battery EVs for a smooth and silent ride, or plug-in hybrid EVs that switch between battery and fuel, Toyota has you covered. And for those who prefer hydrogen, Toyota's fuel cell EVs emit nothing but water vapor from the tailpipe. So cool. Giving you the choice on how to reduce carbon emissions and move closer to Toyota's Beyond Zero Vision. Visit toyota.com slash electrified vehicles slash beyond dash zero dash vision. Toyota, let's go places. Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bear Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Hey there, job leaders. It's Helen Hong here, and we have a special two part episode today. We didn't intend for it to be a two-parter, but then we started going into it and was like, whoa, this is enough good stuff for two episodes. So buckle up. Here's the first of two parts on MTV. Before the internet killed the video star, video killed the radio star. Yep, on today's episode, we are looking at MTV. When MTV began, it was just music videos. Nothing but music videos, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And who presented these music videos? In this episode, I want my MTV VJs. So, Helen, you watched MTV growing up, right? I did. Not too much because my parents never paid for cable. I think they meant we might have had cable for like three months. And then my parents were like, oh, no, this is too expensive. <laughs> but but even I think when I was watching it, like it was already they're already kind of switched over to like the real world and like, you know, MTV Cribs and like that kind of era. So Matt, you mentioned VJ. I'm assuming that's the job we're talking about today. It's so crazy because I I can't imagine like a time where MTV had like video jockeys on the air. MTV started out as just playing music videos and the, the, the folks who introduced and presented these music videos were video jockeys or VJs. I'm Martha Quinn. Mr. Alan Hunter. Uh, similar so to the name DJs for disc jockeys, 
who did essentially the same thing, but on radio. I don't think I ever even remember a time as a kid, because we didn't really have cable too much when I was a kid either, seeing a VJ. I, I definitely remember TRL with Carson Daly, but even that, like, it, I don't, I'm not sure that's exactly what a VJ was, because he was, like, introducing guests, and there was a live show, and, like, they wouldn't play the whole video, Right. That's what I remember, too. I I didn't have cable growing up as well, and so if I did watch MTV, it was at my friend's house, and, you know, I would watch Beavis and Butthead or maybe The Real World. But, yeah, the late 1990s, by that time already, it was mostly not music videos and not VJs. And so we, on today's episode, we're actually going back further than that to the early days of MTV. First of all, I can't believe that we've gotten to a job suite for a job that went obsolete in our lifetime. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. So because Helen and I are a little bit late to the to, to the MTV scene, we're actually we actually have a, a special guest here with us who is also our beloved producer and creator of this wonderful show. Jason Elliott is here and he I would say he's part of the MTV generation. So he remembers the VJs and remembers watching them and also, he, he, was an, he was an editor and publisher of Permission Magazine, which, is a, or which was a punk industrial goth magazine in the 1990s. So, Jason, thanks for joining us today. Well, hey, you guys. Thank you for letting me come and crash the party. Anytime. So, Jason, like, you know, as Matt was saying, we're a little bit late to the, like, we're, we're not really considered MTV generation, but there is like a group of people that call themselves the MTV generation because they came up in a time when MTV was like so pivotal to society. Can you talk about like when MTV first came out and like what the world was like then? Yeah, I, I think it's totally fair to call, I mean, you know, sometimes people call Gen X the MTV generation, but like you said, it's kind of a a specific slice of it. And I can honestly say that I don't think that I would be where I am, who I am, or anything else if it wasn't for MTV. I don't think it's an overstatement to say that my life was profoundly shaped by this weird little television network that, you know, showed up for basically, like Matt said, like a decade. So we, this is a jam-packed expert episode, Matt. Yes. Because we also have, we also are going to hear from... We spoke to one of the original five VJs, Martha Quinn. Oh, and a person who led the team who created MTV, Bob Pittman. We spoke to them both, and so we're going to get some first-hand accounts of what it was like in those early days of MTV. Uh, and as a VJ for you know, Martha, she did the job, you know, through like the heyday of MTV. So first we're gonna hear from Martha. When you say that phrase, MTV, when somebody looks at the logo, MTV, maybe I am biased because I'm an original MTV VJ and I go back to the days when the M stood for music. But my story, and I'm sticking to it, is when you say MTV, what people are thinking about is what Bob Pittman created. It's 24 hours. It's music. And I think when you hear about the Video Music Awards today in 2020, that it's still running on that reputation of the golden era of MTV. We know what we're talking about here. I think Martha's got it. I think, you know, originally the idea of MTV 
was it was a, put it succinctly, a video radio station. We were going to do to FM what FM had done to AM probably less than a decade earlier than that. So we said, okay, we're going to add the visual. And if you think about what happened in music when MTV came along and that moment in time is you had a generation that had grown up with rock and roll music and television, but the two had never successfully come together. And what we did at MTV is really figure out how to do that. That's Bob Pittman. That, that, the, like you said, that's the guy who led the team to create it. And they were doing something that everybody told them was not going to work. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think like now, Matt, our generation and later, like you can't think of music without thinking about the the image, right? Or the visual. Like if I think of like the band No Doubt, for, for, for some reason, I'm thinking about the band No Doubt. Like I can't get the picture of like Gwen Stefani, like jumping up and down out of my head when I think of that band or like, you know, Green Day or like any other band, like those things are now at this point, like just so irrevocably tied. I can't imagine a time where that wasn't the case. The approach that Bob and the rest of the team took to creating MTV and, you know, when Martha joined and everything had a lot to do with just trying to figure out what it would even mean. We think that music had failed on TV because they kept trying to make music fit the TV form. So what we did, and the great innovation, was we made TV fit the music form. Mood, attitude. People didn't tune in to say, I'm tuning in to watch Friends. Uh, I'm not sure what network it's on. They were tuning in to watch MTV and to see what was on, which was a completely different way of watching TV. And it became all about attitude, all about the mood, the emotion, how you felt, whether it was cool or not. And we put most of our energy and efforts into creating that kind of atmosphere. And when we did programs at that time, we did programs just because we wanted to add some special event or some destination. So there's something on Saturday night, something on Sunday night that you would look forward to, some to break up the week. But we made the programming all about come join us. We're going to hang out with some great music and look at these stars. And, and, you know, it's an interesting point that before MTV, musicians really weren't celebrities. You didn't know what they looked like. Remember, there was no Internet. That is crazy to me. Like, can you even imagine that, Matt, in our day now? Like, I can't think about Rihanna like, or or Post Malone or Cardi B. We do need to add a little context here. It's not like no musicians were visible, visible, you know, like clearly we had bigger bands like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones before that, you know, most people knew exactly what they look like. But I think what he's actually referring to are, you know, I would say <laughs> kind of more of the blue collar musician which maybe that's a weird way to put it but i'm just saying like the bands who they did it full time but they weren't necessarily like superstar status witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. You can rent a car. A house. Even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love. Online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guarantee. Restrictions apply. See store for details. So a lot of stuff changed, you know, a lot of stuff changed about the way that people related to the bands. And then it also changed because they had to introduce this new concept of a VJ and a different type of celebrity. And here we've got Martha talking about it. You know, it's so funny you talk about it was such a new thing for the musicians to be celebrities because they'd never been seen on TV. When I first heard the phrase VJ, it was a mutual friend of mine and Bob's, a guy named Buzz Brendel, who I was his intern at WNBC, where Bob had been legendarily the program director. He was one of the youngest program directors ever of a major radio station. This was um, in New York City. And Buzz looked at me one day and said, Martha, you should be a VJ on MTV. And I said, what is a VJ? And he said, it's like being a DJ, but on TV. Now, back then, I understood what a DJ was. That was you sat at a table with two turntables and you would play one song on one turntable and another song on the next turntable. And then you'd continue cycling through your vinyl one record after the next as long as your shift was. And the only DJs on TV that the world had ever seen at this point were Dr. Johnny Fever and Venus Flytrap. Yeah, so I used to be a DJ, and so that's another reason why I'm so excited about this episode. Wait, what Uh, kind of DJ? So, well, actually, I was both a wedding DJ for a while, but going back further, I was a radio DJ, just like she's describing on 
WKRP. Wait, you were a wedding DJ? You were a hype man at weddings? Get out. I didn't really like it too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, but I loved being a radio DJ. That was one of the most fun things I ever did my entire life. Did you do it at college or like where? Yeah, I started out as a college radio DJ and I actually ended up doing all kinds of stuff with that station. I was like the the station manager at one point, but then I worked as a commercial DJ for a short while after that, which kind (laughs) of made me not like it as much anymore, but still it just, it, it's an amazing thing to be able to, to know that you have an audience who's listening live and to have this connection with the audience, I think is powerful. Like, yeah, it was, it was a lot. I have a lot of nostalgia for those days. That's what I was thinking being a DJ on TV was going to be. So I said, what do I do during the records? Like, how would that work? Would I do card tricks? Like, what would I do while the record was playing? And then Buzz said, no, it's videos. And at that point, videos were not a thing. A video was something that Paul McCartney would send to Don Kirshner's rock concert when he, in fact, couldn't be there. So they'd say, oh, tonight, James Taylor, Blue Oyster Cult, and Paul McCartney. And you'd stay up till 12.55 in the morning. And then they would play this little commercial that's how we saw it, a Paul McCartney doing coming up or whatever. And it was like, what? He's not really there. Videos weren't a thing. So when MTV came along, everything changed. It was such a major disruptor in so many areas. So cool about Martha Quinn and like like the like this era, the very first VJs, I think were a little bit before our time. So like we're not that familiar with them. But I actually just Google imaged Martha Quinn and she is such a normal looking person like she and I think that's what I liked about those early I hope she doesn't take offense to this but that's what I liked about those early VJs that I did see on TV when I was a kid is they didn't look like they weren't super glamorous I mean maybe downtown Julie Brown was like funky and stuff but like you know Martha Quinn looks like a normal person and like a lot of these um, people I think up to Carson Daly and Carson Daly's pretty handsome, but like, you know what I mean? Like they kind of looked like normal people who you could know in your life. Think about it. It's, it's in a bigger context too, because remember there were no pre-recorded videos yet. There wasn't home video and there were, had been only three TV networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, occasionally had an independent TV station, a really big city. And that's all you could see unless you went to a theater. And what cable TV originally was when you built these specialized cable networks, it was a what today we think of as on demand is instead of being forced by the network programmer to get news when they wanted to schedule it or music when they wanted to schedule, as Martha says, 1255 a.m. in the morning, they did you could go to a 24 hour service and get that programming when you wanted it. So you could go to a 24 hour news service like CNN and get news for an hour a day, but it'd be when you wanted the hour a day and you could go and get music for two hours a day, four hours a day, but it's when you wanted to get it so that the consumer still had a variety of programming they liked, but the consumer was in control. And today, of course, you know, with on demand, you've got the ability to do, to start it when you want to, to pick specific elements. But what you lost in that process is you lost the curation. And what MTV was in the beginning was an enormous amount of curation. We've looked at all the videos. 
we've picked the best one. And by the way, we've scheduled them so there's a great flow to them. And you see the more popular ones more often than you see the unpopular ones. And Martha remembers one of the biggest videos we did was Thriller with Michael Jackson. We world premiered it and we played it, I believe, Martha, every hour for a couple of weeks. It was like 457 times a day, easily. And so everybody was tuning in to see what's that thriller thing? Um, So that was what we were doing for people. And then we added this very cool atmosphere and attitude to it. We did these contests, you know, win a house from John Mellencamp and he'll come and help you paint the house pink. Let's do the one night stand with Fleetwood Mac. A Learjet picks you up, flies you there. You see the concert for one night and then you come home and you can sleep in your own bed. I mean, it's this sort of crazy stuff we dreamed up the lost weekend with Van Halen. We're always pushing the limits as to how we can make this thing sound revolutionary, cool, and a bit dangerous. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is Errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at Errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. I think, Bob, you mentioned the curated experience, and that led to, because Thriller 
played at the same time. You know, you couldn't go to YouTube and pull up Thriller whenever you wanted to see it. You had to wait for it. So everybody was waiting for it. And it happened at the same time for everyone. So it was a very shared and unifying experience for the MTV generation. And I think that's part of why the MTV generation is still bonded today. I feel like we all went to the same high school, whether you were on our side of the camera or the audience side of the camera. We were all sharing it together. And it was a a very bonding experience. That's so interesting what she's talking about, like you couldn't just call up Thriller anytime you wanted. And there's so very few unifying experiences, like she's calling it like Game of Thrones finale. Matt, I know you don't watch Game of Thrones. And and believe me, I judge you, as we've talked before. You bring it up a lot. I judge you heavily for it. But like the Game of Thrones finale everybody who's a fan of Game of Thrones, everybody was watching it at the same time. They were live tweeting it. People had parties like, and, you know, and I guess now there's sort of a similar, I guess on the music front, there's a sort of similar concept when a big artist drops a new video, right? That's a unifying moment when that's the day that a music video drops and everyone's like, oh, I got to watch this video. But they have to take it upon themselves to like find it, you know, on YouTube and, and like, you know, and then tweet about it. So it's, it's crazy to think like people were tuned into a station waiting for the one music video that they all wanted to see. Like, it's such a bizarre experience to me when nowadays, like you can call up any video at any time. And the only videos that are like novel like that is a brand new video that's just dropped. Yeah. Yeah. See, I would say that obviously today it's a very on-demand situation you can if you want to watch something immediately you can anywhere with an internet connection but you still see um online especially with platforms like twitch and live streams that are still very successful on youtube people want to be there in real time you know they want to see something live together and yeah many record labels do still premiere videos with that live chat on and they they premiere them at a certain time and I think they're trying to reach back towards this this era of of MTV where like, yeah, this build up the hype and build up the community, like get all the community in one place at one time for this this big thing to this brand new release. One of the problems we have today in this country is you don't have these moments of shared popular culture very often. I'm, I'm biased here, but I think radio is the last place where you do have that, where you say, wow, did you hear what Elvis Duran said? Did you hear what Martha Quinn said this morning? Did you hear whatever? Or they're doing something. Everybody's hearing it and feeling it at the same time. When you think about TV, years ago, we come in and say, wow, did you see Friends last night? Yes. And you start talking about this common experience. Today, you come in and say, what did you watch last night? And somebody might say, Game of Thrones, and go, don't tell me about it. I haven't gotten that far yet. So even if you find somebody that's watched something that you have, which, by the way, is getting rarer and rarer, you probably aren't in the same episode. So we've lost cultural moments to bind us together. And if you think about one of the issues in society today is we are sort of fragmented, so we can't find common ground anymore. You feel it more than ever, this polarization. And the opposite of polarization is what's unifying. And I think people really have missed the unifying benefit of entertainment. 
But I think another point that I don't think Martha and Bob did mention is music is just itself so universal because regardless of our own values and beliefs, like I always, we, I know we automatically always go to political beliefs these, day, <laughs> these days or political parties, but, but music can a lot of times unify people. And so just the fact that MTV, like that's what they were all about in those early days was music. Like that's an easy thing to unite people. Yeah. So what was TV like before MTV? TV was three networks, ABC, NBC, CBS. There was no home video. You couldn't go rent a VHS tape yet. So if it wasn't on TV or wasn't in a movie theater, you never could see it. And those three networks were programmed. Since there are only three, the, the winning programming philosophy called least objectionable programming, Paul Klein was his name, least objectionable programming theory. And his idea was since there are only three choices, what will win is the choice that's least objectionable. And if you looked at TV, that's exactly what it looked like. No one wanted to take a chance. No one wanted to offend. Everyone was trying to be as the least offensive they could possibly be. And it was really boring and people felt it. And so for MTV to come along, that was something that was so out, out of the ordinary and was wildly offensive to people who didn't like rock music. Yeah, what's that? Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I don't want that in my town. It was uh, it was almost like Footloose. That was what we were reacting to, and we talked about it that way. We said, don't watch that, watch this. And when we said, don't watch that, we put up old black and white films of stupid-looking stuff, and we were making fun of existing TV. And that was really one of our major marketing points was to be not TV. I mean, you think about in college dorms. When I was in college, I didn't watch any TV. It never even occurred to me there was nothing that I as a college student would have wanted to watch on TV. But when MTV came along, every college student across the country became glued to the closest TV they could find that had cable. I, you know, I think Martha's got a really good point is in the afternoons, it was pro still programmed either for kids, young kids, getting out of school, or it was programmed for uh, the, at that time, called housewives, assuming all women stayed at home, soap operas. And so you really didn't have anything for young adults. Uh, and there was very little young adult programming on TV. And I'd sort of forgotten about that until Martha said it, but you're exactly right. Young adults didn't watch TV because there was nothing on for them. And so when we came along, suddenly we gave them a reason to watch TV. I had a cable operator. We, we did this ad campaign that said, I want, call your cable company and say, I want my MTV. America, demand your MTV. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. Call your cable company and say, I want my MTV. We had to create it because the cable people didn't want to put it on unless we made them a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of money. I had a cable operator come up to me at some uh, cable convention and furious at me. And I, I hate you. Why do you hate me? All those people are calling me all day long. I can't get any work done. Wait a minute. They're calling you to say, I want cable. Isn't that good? The answer was no. We had disrupted the cable business. We had driven them crazy. They'd never had the consumer call and say, I want a channel. And that was really something new for cable. How amazing is it that I just can't wrap that around my head that there was nothing on TV for young adults? 
Yeah, me neither. But if you think about it, if, you know, even today, if the only networks that existed today were ABC, CBS, and NBC, <laughs> you would, just, you know, like there'd be whole demographics that would just check out because they're not even today. I don't think they're really making programming. Those those networks are not making programming for that age group. Oh, no. So <laughs> like it's so crazy to think that cable channel was like punk and badass and counterculture, <laughs> like because now we think of, you know, any network television as like ugh, boring or vanilla or like who even watches like that anymore. Well, and but remember. Remember, cable TV is, that's not public airwaves, and so they could get away with a lot more. And so it does seem like the, it it seemed like the perfect place to to do something experimental like this. Okay, so that was actually just part one. We continue our conversation about MTV VJs, so check it out in the next episode next week, or if you're listening to this in the future, just go ahead and check out the next episode right now. Hey, this is Jason, one of the creators of Jobsolete. Who is your favorite MTV VJ? Find us on Twitter at JobsoletePod and let us know. Everyone here would like to thank our expert guests, Martha Quinn, original MTV VJ, host of the Martha Quinn Morning Show on iHeart 80s at 1037 in San Francisco, and Bob Pittman, the chairman and CEO of iHeart Media Inc., who is also the co-founder and programmer who led the team that created MTV. Jobsolete is produced for iHeart Radio by Zealot Manufacturing, hand-forged podcasts for you. It's hosted by Helen Hong and Matt Beat. The show was conceived and produced by Jason Elliott, hey, that's me, Steve Zamarki, and Anthony Savini. Our editor is Tommy Nickel. Our researcher is Amelia Polka. Additional sound engineering by John Norton. Our production coordinator is Angie Hymas. Theme music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Extra special thanks this week to Mangesh Hatigadar and Suzanne Kaufman for all their work clearing licenses for our MTV episodes. And as always, thanks to our iHeartRadio team Katrina Norvell, Nikki Ator, Ali Cantor, Will Pearson, and Connell Byrne. If you like Jobsolete, could you do us a favor and tell a friend? Maybe even leave us a nice review on iTunes. It's the best way to support the show. You'd be amazed how much it helps. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese 
Join me and my husband, big wave surfer, Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order.